Pros know a thing or two about how to get the toughest messes clean. That's why they've long trusted cleaning products from Ecolab for their businesses. And now, that level of clean is available for your home at the Home Depot. Introducing Ecolab Scientific Clean, a full line of pro-grade cleaning products for all your home's needs. So you can clean like you mean business. Now available exclusively at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino kyle krabs and chris schubert from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this monday episode of the show today's episode is brought to you by built bar go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order kyle happy monday to you it's the most eventful thing to happen to you this weekend is I'm asking. Oh, what's the most eventful thing that happened to you this weekend? So I'm guessing the most eventful thing that happened to you this weekend. No, or am I I'm asking it? you uh, what the most eventful part of your weekend was? He's trying to be a good friend, ask you how your weekend was. Yeah, he tried I'm to like, present hey, man, it in a nice, fun way, and you just railroaded him. Well, you just you completely know, ran us off the road. What was quit. it, Kyle? Uh, what was it? I I planted. Um, Delaware Valley white azalea bushes in my uh, front landscape garden beds. Joe the gardener. Yeah. Very good. What about you? What was the most Um, part of your weekend? I changed a few diapers and stuff. (laughs) Watch some players. I keep waiting for that one guy. This is that point of the season. And like, typically I'm usually done watching film by now right but we've changed what our process is this year so we're more in cross check mode right now and getting guys on uh eyes on guys from other regions that we haven't we were not assigned to watch throughout the course of the fall and and last summer and i'm waiting on that guy where you start giving out grades and everybody's a five six (laughs) you might get a udfa snuck in there you might get a three, but like, I'm waiting for that one guy that's like, dude, I love this guy's take. And I have not found this guy yet because I'm going to go back over the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's been like Indiana safety. Yeah, but that was like a month ago. Was it? Well, yeah. This, I mean, we're, we're like, my last 10 to 12 guys are all day three grades. Hmm. And I'm I'm ready to not give out a day three grade, but like somebody's got to take the ball here. Well, we got two weeks left, so <laughs> yes, yeah. the hunt continues. The hunt continues. The uh, the sleeper. What did you say to me the the one year the first year I wrote a draft guide and and it's like I'd already done all the good players and and you were like, Joe, you got to kiss a few, got to kiss a few, kiss frogs. a few frogs to find your yeah. prince, yeah. Yeah, so, so you, you know we're we're in the process of kissing kissing frogs right now yeah. to try and find that diamond in the rough, that gem. I did go back and watch a few players I had previously graded in in some tweaks. Yeah, but no, no gold mines yet. So I'm still waiting. Found a frog in my back patio. Um, perhaps you saw. Did you the kiss video. it? Uh, I didn't know. No, oh. but. No, Chris, what he does is he will find wildlife (laughs) 
in his yard or whatever. And he'll send you um, Instagram videos of him recording the wildlife with like the crocodile hunter accent. Have a go at this. Crocky. Oh gosh. Danger, danger, danger. This venomous frog. He'll jump right up and bite you. Yeah, it could be a venomous deer. Could be anything, but it's always danger. (laughs) Dangerous. So Oh boy. See, if I send him the shooby, that's 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 danger because my guy controls the audio switchboard and I don't know if he needs this ammunition. Right. Well, I mean, you could at least look at it from the perspective of if he opens and watches them as frequently as he opens and watches the TikToks that I send in the group chat, I think you'll be fine. Yeah. Hi, Shub. Hello, gentlemen. How are we doing today? On this How was your weekend? What's the um, best thing that happened to you this weekend, Chris? The best thing that happened to me this weekend was on Saturday, I woke up feeling well. got my vaccine at the tail end of last week, and uh, Friday okay. was, a, was a little rough. We did our live stream Thursday night, uh, and Friday was, uh, was a bit of an interesting day. Really glad we pre-recorded uh, Friday's edition of the show, but uh, feeling good, feeling, feeling healthy, and uh, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty good weekend. 90-plus degrees here in Arizona, so it's been nice. been enjoyable. So guessing you probably want to hear some NFL draft discussion, and we've got that for you today here on the podcast. As we survey this landscape of the first round and we start to ask ourselves questions about who's going where and where those pivot points are in this first round where things could go sideways, things could go different than we anticipate. We've identified some of those today where we want to dig into it and and talk about why they're pivot points and why these Certain picks are so interesting. And I think that conversation starts with the Atlanta Falcons at number four. We think quarterbacks go in the first three, but the Falcons at four seems like a world of possibilities. Well, and you can make the argument that, well, doesn't it matter what quarterback San Francisco takes? And while it does, I don't necessarily think that's going to change a lot of the dynamics other than maybe one or two teams later in the queue still being in the running or considering a quarterback if a certain one falls into their lap. But with Atlanta, if they take QB4, things get really weird. If they trade out and somebody comes up for QB4, things get really weird, especially when you consider where the strike zone is for the teams that could potentially be coming up. If they take Kyle Pitts, I don't think they'll take anybody else. Do you? Like it's Pitts or a quarterback for somebody. Yeah, Pitts a quarterback for somebody. Yeah, exactly. Because if if Atlanta's sitting at four, they pick Pitts, they pick a quarterback, or they move out. I don't think there's a different player that they would sit there and draft. And I'm a fan of the idea of Atlanta taking a quarterback. I know that this is something that that we talked a little bit in the pre-show about the merits or the downside to doing so. Um, but But the argument is somewhat rooted in and along the same lines of what the argument was for the the Green Bay Packers ultimately deciding to draft Jordan Love last year. The difference is the Atlanta Falcons, you got the fourth pick. You weren't a good team last year. You didn't play in the NFC Championship game like the Green Bay Packers did and have a talented but raw quarterback fall into your lap in Jordan Love. uh, You're getting a raw quarterback. We're assuming – Trey Lance is not going to be the pick for San Francisco, correct? Right. You know, whether it's Mac Jones or Justin Fields, I don't think anybody right now is thinking that Trey Lance is the leader in the clubhouse. 
So if Trey Lance is there for Atlanta, that to me is such a good fit with Arthur Smith. And as we talked about in the pre-show, it is not impossible for Atlanta to get out of this Matt Ryan deal after June 1st in 2022. This could be Matt Ryan's last year. The question is, what does he have from a trade value perspective? Or would you cut him post June 1st? You're going to save $25 million against the cap either way. Um, but if you do it after June 1st, you move Ryan off the roster, you'll save $25 million. You'll lose $25 million in cap uh, because of dead cap responsibilities. But that's, it's not impossible to do, as we just saw with the Jared Goff deal and the Carson Wentz deal. A couple of teams have jumped on landmines with cap, dead cap perspective, and Atlanta could be the next team as they look to transition here. So what's interesting about this idea of Atlanta taking a quarterback, and, and I think there's a really strong case for them to pick a quarterback. I think about the Bills in 2017. I think about the Chargers in 2017. Year one for McDermott, year one for Anthony Lynn. You know, neither one of those first-year coaches wanted to draft a quarterback in year one. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to do it. The same thing we kind of hear some rumblings that maybe Arthur Smith is – subscribing to that same idea that he does not want to send that message to his locker room that they're ready to embrace this rebuild and they're not going to try to win this year. And I don't think any coach comes out and says, we're not trying to win this year, but you know, actions speak differently than words. And you go out and you pick a quarterback, a project quarterback at four. I think if you're Julio Jones or Jake Matthews, or, you know, Deion Jones, veterans on that team, that he probably wants to be part of the answer long-term, doesn't send the right message. So, But those players aren't going to be there long-term. I, I understand that, but I do think there's a case to be made. In terms of being predictive here, is there a chance that Arthur Smith is just like, hey, I, just, we, I don't want this quarterback at four. We're not ready to do that as a football team. You're never going to be in this position again. And to or- me... Yes. Theoretically, you should never be in this position again. And if you are in this position again, then it's egg on your face because whatever you chose to do to say, hey, we're going to forego a quarterback to go out and win completely crapped its pants. Yes. So all along, let's kind of laser this into a Trey Lance conversation. All along, and I've said this before, my favorite offense for Trey Lance is Arthur Smith. It's play action heavy. You watch the best parts of Trey Lance at North Dakota State. You think about the offense you watch in Tennessee under Arthur Smith, and you say, that's a fit. And I love it for that reason. And that they do have Matt Ryan. That makes it more appealing to me because Trey Lance, with 318 passing attempts at North Dakota State, not handing him the keys to my offense next year. It's probably a one- to two-year onboarding incubation period to, to steal a Kyle Krabs term for a guy like Trey Lance. And so – to me, the fact that they have Matt Ryan, and while I do think they could get out of the contract, right, that, that it, it's not as favorable until after two years, it may take that long to hand it over to Trey Lance, and that might be the best thing for him. So that's my case for them taking a quarterback. Because how many examples are there of the best quarterbacks out of a class going into the best situation? Right, And you look at the infrastructure that the Atlanta Falcons have, you look at the fit with Trey Lance and the coaching, 
and the style of play. And you look at the fact that he's not going to be a guy who started 17 games, who gets the 318 pass attempts or whatever it is that gets dumped into the starting lineup in week three, like good. I'm sorry. I know that's the way things work these days, but it shouldn't have to be that way. And it shouldn't be viewed as a negative if it doesn't work that way for a team. I know there's going to be a ton of public pressure. And I think Jordan recalls it a microwave society where we expect yeah. everything instantaneously. But like, if you want Trey Lance to work out well, I don't think that's the pathway to get him there, regardless of where he goes at all. So yeah, take, I'm, I would advocate to take the quarterback, but this is the weight here of this pick, this, this fulcrum pick or, or pivot point or whatever you want to call it. It's going to have ripple effects that is felt throughout the entirety of the, the, the first round. I have a talking point I want to get into with first round quarterbacks and, and kind of looking at before 2016. But before we get there, guys, I got to tell you about Bet Online. If you want to bet sports, you got to check out Bet Online. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football season might be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL seasons are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, and they have real time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the new scores and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Guys, I teased before we talked about bet online that I want to get into some of this historical data as it relates to first round quarterbacks. You guys know this. There's not a quarterback in the NFL right now drafted 2016 or earlier in the first round. Or it's it's 2012 to 2016. Something along those lines. They're not on the original team. I think like Matt Ryan. You have to go back to Matt Ryan in 2008 to find a first-round quarterback that's on their original team before 2016. 2017, you've already seen Trubisky, not a Bear. You've already seen Sam Darnold, not a Jet. Josh Rosen, not a Cardinal. And I think this goes back to it's hard for rookie quarterbacks to come into the NFL and do that at all, right? To, let alone take over a, a, a franchise, become the face of the franchise on a bad football team with either a new coaching staff or one that's on the way out. It's a big ask for these guys. And I, and I feel like that's a selling point for Atlanta to take a quarterback because they're not going to come in and ask this guy to be the savior of the world in year one. And to me, that makes it appealing. So... If Atlanta takes a quarterback, teams most impacted by that decision are who? You would Starting think about, in order. Yeah. Wow. You I would, think my, Miami's pick, I think, hinges on what Atlanta does it for. Because right. the alternative is Kyle Pitts, and I believe Kyle Pitts will be the pick for Miami if he's there at six. The Lions... We've heard some whispers of their interest in Trey Lance as a quarterback that they would be interested in taking at seven. Now they are a team that is completely all for the future. We already know that. Why else would you, you know, that Stafford trade and, and the yeah. returns that they got is, is all future picks, all future capital. 
Now you're going to have to give Jared Goff something to work with and evaluate him and then give him a, a fighting chance. But for all the same reasons that Trey Lance makes sense for Atlanta with Matt Ryan still in the picture there, Jared Goff's contract has a nice two-year window where there's no rush. So if you take Trey Lance, if that is your quarterback of choice, uh, I don't necessarily know how much it impacts Kyle or the Carolina Panthers. I think there's ripple effects down there with where QB five goes and the urgency to go get QB five. If QBs are the first four picks. So teams like Washington and Chicago, like, do you start getting more desperate new England? Like you start calling up, you call Carolina, it's Carolina, Carolina take a trade back now because there's a chance to get QB five there. You got to get in front of Denver because you're afraid Denver's going to take. I think that's, that's the really interesting domino effect with the Carolina or the Atlanta taking Trey Lance hypothetical. Kyle, we get a lot of information. We sort through it, try to figure out what's true, what's not. The one piece of information that I think we always get is that every friggin' team is enamored with Kyle Pitts. <laughs> right. I mean, every single one and for good reason that's what makes this such an interesting conversation because only one team gets to draft Kyle Pitts and does Atlanta trade away from both Kyle Pitts and a quarterback of the future it depends on what they get right that's the million dollar if you get a king's ransom for number four for QB4 if a team, if Chicago calls you and offers the same thing they were willing to get Russell Wilson to go get QB4, are you turning yeah, it down? No, I'm not. Right. So, I mean, but I think that's what, and, and for where they're positioned in the draft, that's kind of what it would have to take. Interestingly enough, I think there's a reasonable argument to be made that Chicago should consider doing that because of the pressure that's on Matt Ryan and, and Matt, or the pressure that's on Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy somehow got to Matt Ryan <laughs> because of Ryan Pace and Matt. Um, so I think there, the pressure that's there with potential jobs on the line, you might as well go, go for broke if you get an opportunity to do so and see if you can swing a trade and, and, by extension, buy yourself a longer runway because if you make that decision and you give up two future years worth of assets to get a rookie quarterback who's probably not ready to play right away, that's what you point to ownership and say, well, this is our guy, you know. Is that a selling point that ownership's going to buy into? Or like they they go out and they, they bring in Andy Dalton. Like, honestly, what is QB4's likelihood of being a better option for Chicago this year than Andy Dalton. Well, it's not for this year, but that's why it's an extension of your hot seat because Ooh. you say you got to let us develop this guy and get him on the field in 2021 or in 2022. The other fascinating team to kind of bring up along those lines is the Denver Broncos at pick number nine going into the season with Drew Locke is their starting quarterback. Drew Locke has done nothing so far in the NFL that he should be walking into 2021 as the unquestioned starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos, especially because you look at that team and they are loaded. 
There's a good football team literally everywhere. They, they, they can get better in areas, but that's a team that I look at and say, man, they could be a problem if they have the right quarterback. They, they don't have the right quarterback. So <laughs> what's the plan here? I know that we're kind of at the point in the offseason where that apparent upgrade is not just going to walk into the room. But how do you think Denver views themselves right now as it relates to the quarterback position with a coach and Vic Fangio who's aging and, and you know not getting any younger? Well, you got to get somebody for at least competition. Is that, you know, Carolina's offered permission for Teddy Bridgewater to explore for a trade. Yeah. There's some peril, some ties there that make a lot of sense. You know, I I'd be game for that if I was Denver, because I'm not taking QB five. And I, I don't think QB four makes it to you. Even if QB four slips past Atlanta is the first kind of pivot point. Yeah. I think Detroit and Carolina back to back are kind of the next duo of trade out options or in Detroit's case, from, from what we understand, you know, Lance being in consideration to be the pick. So if you're Denver, I don't, I don't think there's any way QB4 makes it to you in the queue. I just don't. I'm a little surprised Denver hasn't been a little bit more in on some of the veteran quarterbacks. Well, they ran on Matt Stafford. They didn't even get it done, though. You know, oh, like they haven't they offered what nine. Um, uh, was it a three or a day three pick? Andrew Locke. It's it's a very similar to the Panthers offer for right. Matthew Stafford. I just, I I I worry that this opportunity for Vic Fangio is going to pass him by if he doesn't get this quarterback thing right. This is I mean, he's in the AFC West. There's a reason why per court we talk about quarterback purgatory and like why it's purgatory. You can't just snap your fingers and get out of it. Yeah. You know, you're kind of stuck Denver. Weren't they like abysmal to start the year? Denver. Yes. They were never good at any point last year. Right. But they ended up winning what? Seven games, five games. Yeah, well, they got on a little bit of heater in 2019. Right. That's what I'm thinking of. They finished second in the division that year. Yeah. They won like – Drew Locke was like 5-2 and two as a starting quarterback or something like that. And he goes into four this next one. year. He was 4-1 and one as the quarterback. Was he 4-1? and one? All right, that's – thank you, Chris. Um, oh, man, it, this is brutal. They beat Carolina week 14. been a big difference in imagine how much different that they, yeah. they, i mean first of all they'd be four and 12 if they lost to carolina i'm sure denver would like to have seen drew lock last year with Cortland sutton healthy <laughs> but the, the the where you're at now you you cannot just bring it back you have to change something about the dynamics of your room Need to tell you guys about Bilt Bar. This is the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Tons of amazing flavors. Some of mine are the cookies and cream, the caramel brownie. I love the lemon almond cheesecake. You got to try them. They are great. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. It's like eating a candy bar, but they're good for you. Bilt Bar is great for anyone who is health conscious. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat, 
You have to try Built Bars. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone who is on the keto diet. We got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Joseph. Kyle Sif. Are you aware where the Denver Broncos would be picking in the 2021 draft order had they lost in Carolina to the Carolina Panthers in week 14? I'm guessing somewhere four or five. Fifth. Five, yeah. Fifth. That win pushes them to ninth and pushes them behind Carolina and Detroit. As teams that were in the that were at some point in the quarterback market, and depending on who would be there, you could make an argument would still be in the quarterback market. You play to win the game, but man, oh man, it's like that whole Howie or not Howie, uh, Doug Peterson thing with the Eagles. That got them an extra first round pick. Yep. Yep. All right. So Drew Locke threw four touchdowns in that game, by the way. <laughs> Bet he did, right? 21 and 27, 280 yards and four touchdowns. Damn tease. So other pivot points. Yeah. We kind of talked about Detroit. We talked about Denver. I would want to, I want to talk about the giants at 11 here. We, we, we saw okay. some reports over the weekend that Dave Gettleman likes him some Devonta Smith. And a part of that report was reminding everyone that Dave Gettleman, not necessarily a guy that puts on his poker face when it comes to the draft. Everybody knew he loved Daniel Jones. Everybody knew he loved Saquon Barkley. These guys were the picks. Kyle nailed the Andrew Thomas thing. You know, look, this is the Chris, <laughs> did you see that tweet? or whatever. You see that yeah. tweet from like January? Yeah, you said Andrew Thomas, Giants Sharpie or something like that. Or... Chris, did you see it? I did not know. Is this is it something was like, I should be aware of? It was like the exit interviews or like he did <laughs> like, like the end of season press interview, Gettleman at the end of the Giants season, the 2019 season. And he's talking about, or it was that, either that or at the Senior Bowl, and he's talking about, what they're looking for in players. And I just quote tweeted and said, Andrew Thomas at four and Sharpie. And sure enough, <laughs> you listen to Dave Gettleman say three sentences in January, and you knew exactly what they were going to do at the end of April for three months later. So if that's starting to become the buzz on New York, there's reason to believe that because, I mean, what has changed with this regime? Dave Gettleman's still there, Right. Which is an interesting the, fit for them. I agree. I agree. And I think maybe the question comes up, is Devonta Smith in play at 12? And I think if he doesn't go to Miami, I think he's in play at 12. Or 11, excuse me, 11 where the Giants are picking. Yes, absolutely. I did, okay. some, I did some Twitter digging on this. Hold on. I need to All jump right. in here. I did some Twitter digging on this. The original tweet, Kyle, is you quote tweeted a Giants video from January 9th, 2020, which Gettleman talks about people, quote, people say it's a passing league. I get that. But the top four teams were not in the playoffs. The top four rushing teams were in the playoffs. (laughs) And you quote tweeted and said, Andrew Thomas at four Sharpie. But there is a bigger development here in December of the previous year, December 30th. 
there was a tweet that said the Giants are retaining GM Dave Gettleman. So that gets puts to bed. And you quote tweeted that and said, write in Andrew Thomas at four and don't be afraid to use pen LOL. So you've been on this. You were on this way before everybody else. Was. Uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> you've been underselling your own good story. It's even better. Oh man. Correct. I, I was off by two whole weeks. Oh my God. Doubling down. It got it right. But okay. Can can we talk about the tragedy of the whole thing? Yeah, let's do it. Did you, in your final mock draft, did you have Andrew Thomas going to the Giants at four? Oh, don't ask me that. Because I don't think you did. I don't think I did either. <laughs> I don't think you did. Oh, what? I, a... think I, I think I had him taking Tristan Wirfs. Can we confirm this? Kyle Krabs, final mock draft, 2020. There you go. That's right. The, the, the link, the URL oh, link is showing up in my browser. Um, oh, Burrow, you, Chase didn't, Young, you didn't Jeff commit. Akuda, you didn't commit. Kristen Wirfs, Tua oh. Tagovailoa, Justin Herbert were my top six. So I got five Brother, out of you six. You could have had all six. Oh, you could have. What been. you do? I'm so stupid. Oh, you can't double down twice like that, and then when it comes to the big Chris, moment, run it away. Was four months later, I didn't even remember the first time I said it. Davis, I'm so disappointing. Because then it happened, right? Nemesis. He picks Thomas, and then we remembered right then and there, like, Kyle, I think you said this back in January. Right. Let alone December. Oh, uh, these, these mocks are a lot of fun to put together, though. I'm sitting here looking at my final mock from 2020. If you've ever put together a mock draft of your own on the draftnetwork.com, are you doing it right? Have you had the opportunity to execute some trades? Do what Dave Gettleman would never do and actually trade down in the draft. You can get some trade offers. You can wheel and deal courtesy of TDN Premium. This is the best time of year to get the year-long subscription. And I mean it. It's $30 for the year. You get trade functionality in the MDM. You get access to the expert form, the premium Slack channel, in which we interact with you and a bunch of other football fans, like a thousand other football fans on a daily basis. You get the trait by trait deep dive scouting reports on 400 plus prospects from the 2021 NFL draft. And if you buy the year now, you will have 365 days of access to this, meaning you will get almost the entire 2022 cycle as well in the same $30 payment makes it a no-brainer. So check out TDN Premium, Wheel and Deal, do better than Dave Gettleman, get yourself some extra picks to work with if you're the Giants, and let's make some magic happen. So the thing about the Giants, let's assume they pick Devonta Smith. When does this first edge rusher come off the board? Because if they don't go 12, excuse me, 11 to the Giants, Where's that first one come off? Could it be 10 to Dallas? I doubt it. I think offensive tackle, either Slater or Sewell, or corner slash, let's say corner, are far more likely outcomes for the Cowboys than an edge rusher. Don't you? I do. So Okay. I, so 12 is the Eagles. You're not going edge there. No. At 12, 13 is Chargers. The Chargers. Maybe. 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 Melvin Ingram's still in the free agent market. No. The I Vikings. could get behind the chart. They need a left tackle desperately. So yeah, left tackle and a corner. 
any to your offensive line. The Chargers have the worst three possible needs you can have a, a defensive They're end, a corner, all and offensive positions. <laughs> Thank God you got the quarterback thing figured out. Yep. Yep. Um, so I guess they'll probably just go best player available, but like his best is, is the best player available going to be an edge at 13? Probably not. I mean, you'll, you'll presumably have Caleb Farley on the board, but medicals are probably going to make that not a pick that happens. It's like Darisaw versus Ojalari. Minnesota, maybe they're probably, I would expect them to trade back, right? They always do. They need to. They always do. Uh, so does a team trade up to 14 to get the first one? Do they trade up to 14 to get a quarterback in the front f- of New England? Pittsburgh, 24 to 14. You could do that math. Chicago is 20. Heard Chicago likes Mac Jones. Washington. I doubt Washington does that, right? No. Would, would you say Washington's more likely to move to four for Trey Lance than they are to move to 14 for Mac Jones? Yes. Considering Ron Rivera is the coach. Yes. And the successes of him and Cam Newton and Trey Lance having so many of the same quarterback run dynamics in his toolbox. Yeah. I like him in Scott Turner's offense too. So I would the enjoy first that. edge comes off is Miami going to pick him at 18? It could be 18. Wouldn't be surprised. Dolphins be, like to use premium picks on premium positions. 21 to the Colts. The Jets at 23. What about the Titans? Maybe. I know you got Bud Dupree, but like, is Bud Dupree. They don't have any receivers or they need a right tackle. And they need corner too. They need corner. They're in a, are they the AFC playoff team that got the worst this offseason? Oh, thus far. Man. Thus far. Yeah, it's hard to argue against that. They just lost so much. Pittsburgh lost a lot too. We expected that, but mm-hmm. yeah. This so edge thing is fascinating, man. What's the over under? What are you setting the over under at? Since we did lines on Friday, Ooh, um, betting lines on Friday, I would say sixteen and a half. Really. I might set it at 17 and a half. Make it that interesting. Do the Raiders make the call? You get your, your fr- uh, hedging on Miami on the back half of that. Because if it's 16 and a half, you're probably taking the over, right? I don't have the data, but wait, like when have we ever had a draft that took half the first round for the first friggin' edge defender to come off the board? Probably not very often. Right. So I think that Minnesota spot's a really sweet spot for somebody to come up and get one. I would agree with you. But if if you're in the edge market and you think pay Jalen Phillips, Aziz Ojolari, maybe Jason Oway, you're like are you moving up when you're probably going to get one of those four players? I mean, the Saints did it for think, Marcus Davenport. So Right, right. So never say never. Right. The, can, have we talked about how much of like a price they paid for that? I know it was like 
you were flabbergasted by the decision to do it, but like yeah. just kind of reviewing like recent first round trades. Cause I did this on for locked on dolphins, looking at like trade back candidates from 18 and looking at recent trades that took place and what you get. The saints gave up an extra one to go, I think from 27 to 14. Yep. 27 to 14. And they gave up an extra first and a fifth. That is a ton relative to a lot of the other mid first round trades that have taken yep. place. Even that Denver Pittsburgh swap when they went 20 to 10. Right. You didn't get close to that. And they no. got into the top 10. Right. And if you're familiar with the trade value charts, you understand the depreciation that starts happening or the, or the diminishing depreciation, I to say, that starts happening once you get outside the first 16 picks. Falls off a cliff relative to what it is like in the first half of the first round. So... The edge pivot point is 11. The draft pivot point in a lot of ways is four. Mm-hmm. Fascinating things happen potentially at six, seven, eight, and nine. All depending and- on what happens at four. Because the yes. domino effect, right, is if Atlanta takes Pitts, we think we know who Cincinnati's taking. Yep. Miami then is presumably taking Chase. Lance would be there for Detroit. Does Detroit take Lance? Carolina, does that then facilitate a trade back for somebody to go up and get in front of Denver's perceived to be the next quarterback hungry team and slam the door shut on the the run on the five quarterbacks? Who would come up? If you're in that position, Chase comes off the board. That means Devontae Smith will be there for the Giants at 11. The edge tumble takes place. But if you go Pitts, Chase, presumably Devonta Smith at six, then the edge run looks completely different because the Giants, you know, I think it makes it more likely for them to covet one of the edge guys if their perceived wide receiver targets off the board with it being reported to be Devonte Smith. <sighs> And what's the the, Micah Parsons? Right. Right. Where does he fall? Where does he end up? Like, there's no way. (laughs) Eagles aren't drafting him, right? No. They'll be the first to tell you they don't draft him. Could Denver draft Micah Parsons? I think think that's a really good spot for him. Yeah, me too. What would the reception be for that pick? Is that the I mean, most benign pick Denver could make relative to the rest? Of, I mean, we're talking pivot points. Like, what does that change for anybody else? Nothing. It doesn't change anything because we re- – I mean, he's a hard player to pick. I mean, your other alternatives are like, if New England gets completely shut out, he makes sense in the Belichickian-style defenses. But I don't think there's – it's extremely low likelihood that happens. You get the Raiders at 17 who desperately need linebackers. Miami, same thing. It's a Belichicking style defense. And then you get to like Washington. And I think he'd be a great fit in Washington behind that defensive line. Yeah. But if you're Denver, I mean, like if you don't go and get a quarterback, they've built a good roster. And so if you look at snaps as a form of capital, 
and you want to get a guy that's going to come in and play snaps for you at nine, there's a pretty clear path for Micah Parsons to do that for the Denver Broncos and upgrade that Josie Jewel spot. They went out and got Ronald Darby. They went out and got Kyle Fuller. They have a, an expensive pair of cornerbacks all of a sudden. That was the big thing. That was the easy thing for us to do. Give them certain, give them Farley, move on with your mock draft. Yeah. So pretty much most picks beyond four, four, seven, eight, nine, 11 pivot points, lots of them, lots of spider webs that trickle out from each and every one of those scenarios. And we are just about on the doorstep. We're mid April draft is at the end of the month. We will be here for you. Yes, Chris. I have a trivia question for you guys because you oh, asked good. the question, and as the producer of this show, I felt compelled to try to find the answer for you. Is it the edge? Yes. And so I did a very quick, obviously I'm doing this in real time this. while we were recording the show. I looked at the last draft in which a defensive end did not go in the top 16 picks of the NFL draft. Do you want to try to take a guess at the last NFL draft? And I, I cannot say that this is 100% accurate because, again, I flipped through the drafts pretty quickly, but I am 90-plus percent confident in the answer that I have here. The last NFL draft that did not have a defensive end go inside the top 16. Yes, I think you need to – 1998. Just quick snappy. Oh, that's cool. That's fine, yeah. Can, can you give us like a – is this player still active? No. no, no. So, so it's been a hot, so it's either a complete bust or it's been a hot sec is what you're telling me. I'm telling you it is one of those two things. Yes. Oh my goodness. He's not going to give me anything to work with. Um, I can tell you, I can tell you that this player played in the big 10. I'll give you that. Yeah, big that's 10. That's fine. That's Identifying fine. the player is not going to help us. That's why I threw out a date a year and just moved on because I don't think we're going to get it. Joe, zero confidence in the teamwork. No, I have no idea. Joe, Joe's really it. good at these teamwork exercises when you're supposed to work together to come up with a guess. He just Correct. quick snaps you and then he just yeah. gives out a guess. Because yeah, really I know we're not getting there. Yeah. You know, I, I was getting ready to say, wasn't Bruce Irvin the first defensive oh. end taken one year? I don't, he obviously didn't play in the Big Ten, so that's not the answer, but like, I remember he was outside the top 10 and I think he was the first defense. And that was the year they had like Melvin Ingram was in that class, but like Shay McClellan was a first round pick in that class. Nick Perry was a first round pick in that class. Bruce Irving went 15 oh. that year and he was not oh. the first defensive end. Michael Brockers went right in front of him. We count Brockers as an end. And, and Quentin Copels went right behind him. Cool. It was a good little Quentin stretch Copels. there. Wasn't Chandler Jones in that class too? Chandler Jones went 21 to the Patriots. Oh my goodness. So that's 2012. So I, that, that was at least close. I was two picks away on that. Yeah. So that's 2012 in which that happened. And Michael it was Rocker. before that. And it's before that. Yes. Uh, 2000. Uh, it's in front of that. It's 2005. Erasmus James went, uh, I believe it Wisconsin. was 18th to the Minnesota Vikings. Let me go but back and completely the problem, check. You say 2005. I mean, uh, Sean Merriman, we're not counting him as an edge that year. That's the thing is if you're on. I said defensive end, I, I quantified what I was looking I for. 
But that's the thing about draft history is they have defensive end and linebacker. They have them separated. So that was for the sake of this exercise. I looked at just defensive end. But even that was Demarcus. Demarcus Ware was was 11 that year. Yes. Yeah. I'm counting him as an edge. Okay. So then you have to go before that then. Right. I'm telling you. Now I'm looking at it. Uh, What about 2004 Will Smith at 18? Yeah, so then it would it would yes. literally just be the previous season. So right. I was close. My research was fine. I just you know I was a technicality, and we moved back a year. In two thousand seeing some of these names throwbacks. <laughs> JP Losman going in the first. Oh, round. thank you, thank you. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. Sorry. Sorry <laughs> Dolphins great, JP Losman, right? Yeah, it's true. Legend, Dolphins legend. So Trevor anyway. Lawrence's personal quarterback coach at Clemson, <laughs> JP Losman. <laughs> Did you see Jacksonville's fans all got chipped in and got Trevor like wedding presents and stuff? Oh my married. God. Really? Good for them. It was like Embracing over $3,000, I think. Wow. For this. So between charity and that. So uh, yeah, drafts is at the end of the month. We will be with you every step of the way. Hope you guys enjoyed this Monday edition of the show. Kyle Krabs, Joe Runner, Chris Schubert. Please hit subscribe. Come on back tonight. We had a live stream 730 on the YouTube channel, The Draft Network. Uh, click the bell notification. You get push notifications when we go live. Come party with us. Panini mock draft. Chris, I got you, brother. I saw you. eyes got all big here in our recruiting studio. He said, make sure you mention we're doing a Panini mock draft. Thanks to our friends at Panini. It's a deck of cards. We pull out a card, whoever the player is and the team. We do a three-round mock draft for that team with the objective being to help that specific player with our mock draft. So lots to look forward to this upcoming week and the 2021 NFL draft will be here before you know it. Thanks as always for listening to draft these podcast. We'll talk with you guys again tomorrow or tonight. Nothing's better than feeling comfortable in your own shoes. Maybe you're a parent raising a little rock star or a tech nomad working from anywhere. Allbirds wants you to be comfortable in your actual shoes too. Their wool runners, pipers and loungers are so cozy. You might forget you're wearing them and they're crafted from natural materials that tread lightly on our planet. So get comfortable in your shoes. Get to know the wool runners, pipers, and loungers at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Pros know a thing or two about how to get the toughest messes clean. That's why they've long trusted cleaning products from Ecolab for their businesses. And now that level of clean is available for your home at the Home Depot. Introducing Ecolab Scientific Clean, a full line of pro-grade cleaning products for all your home's needs. So you can clean like you mean business. Now available exclusively at The Home Depot. How doers get more done.